All right. This is interview and episode number six uh, of the ongoing 2021 Grand Lodge Candidate Series. This time, with the fanciest background so far, we've got Right Wishful Brother uh, Edward Denby. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you uh, very much for asking me. So we will, um, this is my sixth uh, interview. Uh, I've been posting them every day. So anybody watching these uh, has heard these caveats already, but I'll go through them quickly as a uh, motorcycle goes by. Um, all opinions expressed are my own. They don't represent Grand Lodge or Windsor Masonic Temple. This is an open invite to any candidates who want to be on the podcast. Most I've managed to contact, but if I did not get in touch with you, my email is on the bottom of the screen, Just look down and um, get in touch with me and you're welcome to be on the show. Uh, this isn't an endorsement for any candidate or anything like that, but this is a chance to get to know them a little bit better, um, you know, in a longer form conversation than, you know, a meet the candidate night, for example, will provide. Uh, and I have had the chance to meet the Right Worshipful Sir before uh, at a few different events, but what sticks out of my mind most is uh, coming down here for our 2017 uh, Cornerstone Ceremony. Yes. Which was a, uh, a great time. Have you been back to Windsor or Essex District since, maybe for the, for the Grand Master's reception? Oh, I cer certainly was. Uh, that would have been in the, uh, I guess, the spring of uh, 2019. That's right. That's, uh, yeah, in Leamington. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about, well, let's start with your, your Masonic history. Um, what it is that brought you to Windsor uh, in 2017, your, your position and your current candidacy. Oh, well, uh, that's a fairly full uh, question. I hope you got that, time. <clears throat> but anyway, I, I, um, uh, I actually began to uh, take an, in, an interest in uh, masonry while I was uh, with the military in uh, Europe. I uh, was uh, going to apply to a lodge there in the uh, Black Forest. Uh, but, and I was going through that process, uh, but um, I got transferred home uh, back to uh, uh, Ottawa. Uh, so that put pay to uh, that step. Uh, I finally uh, did uh, make contact with some, some somebody and I uh, uh, made applications in 1986, I believe. Um, so that was that. I, I uh, went through, uh, you, you, you know, the chairs. Uh, my, um, I went through the chairs slower than many simply because I was being uh, tran transferred around with the uh, military. Uh, but I kept coming back to uh, my mother uh, lodge and I uh, fin finally became the master of my lodge in uh, uh, the year uh, 2000. Uh, 
in 2013, I, I became the uh, district secretary. Uh, and then there was a pause again, uh, obviously, but then uh, the um, gentleman uh, who was uh, going, going, going to become the uh, Grand Master in 2017, most worshipful brother Todd, approached me and asked me to be his Grand uh, D of C which I uh, great, gratefully accepted. And um, the, then, uh, that's the Grand Director of Ceremonies. Pardon that's me? The, uh, that's the Grand Director of Ceremonies, Grand DFC for all the, right. uh, for, for the brethren. Um, what was it like, just before you go on, um, you mentioned, you know, it, it was an honor, but, you know, to be approached for such an important role, because basically, you're the guy who is with the Grandmaster on all of his, you know, uh, so many of his Masonic trips and Masonic adventures. Um, just, were you nervous when you got approached with that? Were you excited? Um, I guess, how did you feel about taking on that responsibility? A bit of both, uh, to be frank. Uh, the, the, the role is really quite ill uh, defined. <clears throat> it, it's certainly not uh, described to went to any extent in the uh, Book of Con Constitution, really. Um, and this is a, a sort of a, a funny way of putting it out there, but it's, it's more a role of your, uh, your, your practically Acting as 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 the private secretary to to the grand master, and uh, to coin a mil military phrase, you uh, you act as his aide de, de, de camp as well when when you're outside the office. You you basically run his office. You run his. Um, you do all uh, pre-arrangements for him, uh, plan all of his trips, um, uh, he, uh, all, all of his uh, arrangements, uh, uh, his travel, uh, you uh, uh, coordinate uh, hotels, uh, uh, act as driver you plan the routes it's it, it's a very logistical role really how well did you know uh, most worship brother paul todd before uh you took on this position well enough i had known known him for about 20, uh, 25 years at at that point uh, not, you know, uh, uh, great friends, uh, but of course, through, we, we, we belong to uh, lodges in the same district. And of course, I, I, I would cross paths with him quite often, really. You know, I, I think about it at the lodge level, um, or the district level, seeing the, um, the kind of connections and the, the growing connection 
that happens between a district secretary and a district deputy um, just at the district level because you know where where there is one there will always be the other um, organizing visits and, and organizing district events or being present for those events I can only imagine you know you being the director of ceremonies and being um, you know traveling with and you know logistically working with the most worshipful master I can only imagine that you know your relationship with them uh, uh, grew very strongly over that time just even hearing your stories talking to you about you know, driving from Ottawa to Windsor to uh, Northern Ontario. Um, I'm sure there's quite a, uh, the relationship between you, between your families must have grown quite a bit during that time. Oh, extremely so. And you, uh, because you're spending a great deal deal of the time in the car and you, of course, of course, are uh, exchanging views on this thing and uh, uh, going through a lot, a lot of, issues that he is uh, dealing with, 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 of course. Um, that's the other uh, role that come, comes with being, with being uh, the Grand dir Director of Ceremonies is the, uh, uh, the fact you're his uh, confidant, really. Um, you know, you, uh, you, you advise him in uh, your own way. You know, because he, of course, a grand master will always seek uh, advice from many uh, areas. And if you, you know, you're you're in the car for seven uh, hours time, you've got got to uh, fill a good deal of uh, of air, if you will. What are some of um, uh, the memorable? I'm sure they were all, but do you have any particular memorable moments uh, from um, those trips, either, you know, the visitations or even the travel itself? Uh, winters can be interesting here in Ontario. Uh, <laughs> any, uh, any particularly interesting uh, uh, memories or stories? Well, we, we had a great, great drive. Actually, the time I, I came and met, met you, we came and met you in uh, Windsor for the laying of the corn, corn cornerstone to the new said city hall. Uh, we actually drove down the day prior. Uh, we had been in uh, Sault Ste. Marie and uh, we spent that entire day dri dri driving down through uh, Michigan to uh, Win Windsor, uh, got there at the end of the day and then spent the night and then, uh, of course, uh, dealt with the laying of the uh, corn cornerstone the following day, uh, after which we climbed in the car and drove eight uh, hours back to, uh, on, to Ottawa. So, you know, lots of times in the uh, car. That uh, particular trip was extremely uh, uh, enjoyable. On in term, term, terms of bad weather, weather, weather uh, tri trips, we had a few. I will, uh, I will say, uh, the one that really uh, stays in both our minds uh, was we were um, at a lodge in uh, Prince Edward County, 
uh, in Picton, uh, actually. And it was in January. <clears throat> uh, we were flying out the following day to uh, Jamaica because uh, the Grand Ambassador uh, belongs to a, uh, to a, to a lodge in uh, Jamaica. This was a, a combined, you know, that was an, an excuse for going, uh, but we uh, cho chose to go on a, uh, take a winter uh, break as well. There were a num number of uh, Masons on the, the trip. But all that to say, we, um, uh, oh, oh, and I will add that we did this thing uh, completely on our own uh, dime. Uh, no uh, Grand Lodge was not char charged for the, this trip at all. So the brethren can rest, rest assured we weren't uh, flying around to a summer spot on the dime of Grand uh, Lodge. But anyway, we left uh, the uh, lodge in Trenton about 9 p.m. And uh, uh, we are uh, in Picton and then uh, drove to uh, the, uh, to Pearson Airport. And we went through the worst weather that we had gone through, I'm sure, in the entire two years. Torrential rain, driving snow. Uh, when we uh, uh, got to Whitby and we uh, pulled north onto the uh, uh, toll road, the, four, the 412 and the 407, the fog was so bad that the only way we found we found our way along along was by seeing the uh, uh, the tops of the uh, re reflect reflectors along the roadside. So effectively, we 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 were on a four lane highway going thirty k and and an hour. Uh, so it was that was a nightmare trip, but. Uh, obviously burned into my, my uh, psyche, if you will. At least you got, you know, Jamaica after that. Was, <laughs> the, was the flight delayed with that weather or did you still make it to Jamaica uh, well, as we scheduled? Made we made it there. I mean, we, we were going to uh, uh, Toronto, spent the night in a uh, hotel and then we flew out the next uh, day. How important, and this is something I've discussed pretty frequently um, uh, with other uh, guests and interview candidates, but you know, this discussion really brings up the importance of travel in a Masonic career, whether it's, you know, it could even be traveling within your district or even within your, your temple. Uh, you know, in the case of Windsor, we have seven lodges meeting in one temple. So traveling is as simple as, you know, instead of going to temple on uh, Thursday night, you go on the Thursday for your lodge and then Friday to visit another lodge. How important is traveling, do you think, for a, for a Mason in his Masonic career? Oh, it's tremendously uh, uh, 
poor important i mean you can there there are those who can uh happily uh just attend their their own lodge uh and spend their in entire career just doing that and perhaps going to um you know a, a close by lodge but you're really not uh garnering the uh ben Ben, ben benefit that you uh, should uh, you know it's the the opportunity to uh, travel travel to a different lodge to a different district uh, to, to see how there's things are are, are, are are the same but they're slightly different of course you know every uh, district and lodge has its its own character and its own flavor. Uh, so uh, I, I think in terms of the uh, holistic uh, experience, travel <clears throat> is extremely key. And, you know, <coughs> excuse me, as <coughs> I'm choking. Yeah, this could, um, this question could apply to your current situation as being a candidate um, for Grand Lodge. This could apply to when you were offered the role of director of ceremonies or even, you know, the various Masonic milestones that you have, have taken, you know, to a, a Mason who is considering a um, position of responsibility or authority within the craft, but who are kind of experiencing uh, excitement combined with nervousness about it. Uh, what advice would you have for them about how to proceed and, and how to take on responsibility in the craft? Why, well, <clears throat> pardon me, I was uh, uh, come coming from a mil mil military back background. Uh, from the first time time I joined, uh, I I was a, a uh, I, I spent the vast majority of my career in the military. So uh, taking taking respons responsibility for things was not uh, uh, un un unique in that way. Um, I, I found that every step I took was a build building block, really. And the experience I gained along the route only served to uh, uh, to support me in the new uh, tasks I took took on. So from that stand standpoint, my role as the district. Uh, Secretary really was key to to my uh, success in the um, the role role of the Grand Director of Ceremonies. In that, uh, you know, it's a great deal of administration, of course, and you but you're just doing it on a grander scale, uh, a more strategic strategic scale, if you will. And 
I guess that that is a good word for, you know, a, a former military man, um, but is is a good question for a candidate and for Grand Lodge. Uh, you know, the strategic plan or, or strategy. What do you think um, or what do you see as some um, your possible strategies for Grand Lodge and for Freemasonry moving forward to either grow the craft or um, stabilize the craft, you know, 2021 20, and beyond? Well, I, I, I feel that um, uh, the um, Grand Lodge uh, needs, needs and does uh, present broad policy uh, framework uh, and uh, develops programs uh, and uh, resources resources which uh, uh, assist the lodges and the districts to uh, get on with things and, you know, and to prosper. Uh, at the same time, I, I said the, the, this in the uh, meet, the meet and greet. Uh, at, at, at the same time, I feel that uh, the um, districts and the lodges need to run their own show. Uh, and uh, because that comes back to... Uh, what, what I was saying about how uh, Grand Lodge provides the policy frame, framework. And insofar as a, a lodge and a, a district uh, can operate within those broad boundaries and guidelines, they need to run their own show. The second second thing for 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 me and the uh, the key I believe for for the, for the next two year years at least is going to be the re engagement if 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 you will of the uh, brethren we already have. Uh, speaking for for myself, I know that of course of course uh, the. Uh, uh, Take, take, taking in of new uh, brethren, you know, uh, through the application process, of course, is extremely important and always will be. But I think right now we have a lot of um, members who we already read, read, read have who are feeling uh, adrift and um, uh, unattached, if you will, because 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 of the problems that the uh, pandemic has Im imposed upon upon us, we can't meet. Uh, it's it's hard to speak except by phone or by by Zoom, uh, and so I think many of them, uh, particularly the older gents. Um, are wondering if they still have a place and a role. So from that, that standpoint, I think over the next two year, years at least, I believe we will need to uh, 
fog focus on that issue. Since these uh, guys are all um, uh, unknown uh, val value uh, to, to us and we owe it to them and to, to ourselves to uh, renew their engagement, if you will. To what extent do you think, um, you, you mentioned uh, brothers feeling um, adrift or, or you know, disengaged from, well, to what extent do you think it's, it's that uh, brothers or even men in general feel disengaged from Freemasonry and the craft? Or do you think it's more, um, to what extent is it more that you're just feeling adrift or, or unattached from life as a whole? There are all sorts of, um, you know, recently books and, and studies on, on these questions of, you know, men, young men in particular, feeling, um, a lack of connection to society or feeling a lack of purpose. Um, and do you think that that is slowly making its way into Freemasonry? Or do you think, you know, Freemasonry could offer a sense of purpose and meaning to, to men, even young men who perhaps are, are looking for it and not finding it in other areas? I, I think uh, that is true. I think, I think it does offer, offer that, um, uh, that role to them. Uh, I think many uh, young, younger uh, people now, they spend a great deal of more time on a platform like we're on now, uh, or they're uh, just absorbed in, uh, the internet. Uh, and many chaps who come to my lodge, uh, at least the younger uh, guys, have said to me uh, that they're uh, looking for um, uh, companionship, if you will, uh, um, and a sense of belonging. Uh, they they work at home. Uh, they hard they hard, hard, hardly speak to uh, anyone uh, in real life, if, if you will, in the same room with them. Uh, and they're look, looking for that sense of uh, commun community that I think the lodge can offer them in uh, in spades really and how do you think uh, uh, you, what would be the strategies by which Freemasonry can offer uh, uh, those things um, or, or more and this is the thing I just talked about my, with my last interview the you know communicating those things um, you know, you, you will occasionally hear brothers talk about, um, you know, why do I have to, you know, what's the, what's the point of me being at a, a business meeting or what's the point of, you know, going through the minutes or whatever it is. Um, I guess, how does, how does Freemasonry communicate uh, the purpose of it 
and the, the benefits to either maybe newer members or even those older members who feel a bit disengaged. We want to get them back out. I think it's, it's more of a, a leadership by uh, example, really, uh, particularly with newer um, members. Uh, it's, uh, to me, it's always been a case of get, get, getting them uh, involved as quickly as we can. Uh, you know, and allow them to feel that they're part of the uh, team. Uh, don't don't just uh, let let them sit there and watch a a degree while they're uh, waiting for their own next uh, dig degree. You why you either get them involved in the uh, the the degree that they're already. Qual qual qualified in, and you uh, get them uh, directly involved in uh, projects that the uh, lodge is involved involved in, be, be it uh, committee work or uh, other uh, thing things. Um, you know, as soon as as someone be be, be becomes part of the uh, framework, if you will, I I think they start to take uh, own, uh, own ownership uh, of the uh, role and the institution, uh, if you will. To what extent? Um, uh, so the the idea of of you know, ownership of, uh, of whether it be a lodge of a temple or, or feeling like you are part of, of the thing and you have a stake in it. You know, I interviewed uh, some brethren from Massachusetts, um, you know, and they mentioned that in their application, one of the, the questions they ask an applicant is what can you contribute to us? Which I thought was a really interesting uh, a question that's not what I've seen on other applications, but it's this idea of figuring out the skills that somebody is coming into in Freemason with the skills somebody has that they bring into Freemasonry and how those can be applied to the craft. Even if it's an electrician, you know, coming in, they can do some work on the Masonic Temple if it needs some, some assistance. Right? And you, you touched on that a little bit with your military background having that background gave you knowledge and experience and comfort in taking on roles of responsibility within the craft. Very much so. And the other thing for, for me, of course, is the, uh, the fact I have a uh, speech Im Im impediment. Uh, that has always uh, uh, presented a challenge to me in many ways, uh, both in and out of the uh, craft. Uh, obviously, I'm uh, with a, um, a speech impediment. I, uh, uh, the chance of me being a, a star in uh, ritual work is uh, slim to nil, really. Uh, because my uh, delivery is 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 often 
uh, stymied, if you will. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, I, I come from the uh, mil military. So the, uh, uh, um, during the course of a, of a dig, dig degree, in terms of floor, floor work, I'm quite um, uh, smooth, I, I, I feel, feel at least. So, you know, you, 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 you come in knowing what your, uh, or at least one should know, what your strong points and what your weak points are. Uh, you capitalize on one and uh, work, work to uh, improve the uh, other, if you will. You know, I've always uh, thought, and I never did it as a worshipful master, but uh, it's something I would love to see is um, bringing in uh, a couple of military personnel uh, to a lodge. They don't have to be masons. It can be like an education night to discuss or, or have the guys practice uh, floor work because nothing uh, uh, can be more distracting than in a degree seeing a, a, a deacon um, you know with the candidate or with whoever it is or even bringing people into lodge and to seeing them stumbling over their feet or tripping or not being able to walk in unison versus seeing uh, you know a uniform march and uniform steps it's a little thing but it adds and and you know turning on 90 degrees it, it adds so much to a a degree very much so in fact you know i i've often said uh when i'm uh, uh providing some guidance in my own lot life i said you know the we always speak about her how during a dig dig degree you know the uh the uh, candidate is the most important guy there. And that's all very true. But in terms of the um, uh, execution of the degree itself, the deacon is the star of the show, without doubt. Because if, if he is unsure of himself, or if he uh, runs off the rails and turns the uh, wrong way. Uh, uh, the the whole thing will grind to a halt. I have said that many times. Uh, I agree completely. You know, uh, I always say if you ask a, a brand new mason, you know, the most important officer in the lodge, he'll probably say the worshipful master. And if you ask a more experienced mason, uh, he might say the secretary. But in my opinion, the most important officer is uh, a deacon because of the role he plays in a candidate's Masonic journey, right? Being the, the guide, especially at the start. Um, I always told deacons, you know, it, it really should be viewed as, as a privilege, the chance to, you know, you are in effect, metaphorically or otherwise, you know, responsible for the safety and well-being of the candidate of the at that point the applicant and uh that is such an important role and like you said a a calm and you know prepared deacon 
can make all the difference, both uh, for the lodge and watching a degree and performing the degree, but also for the candidate. You'll see, you know, a nervous deacon equates with a nervous candidate and vice versa, a calm professional deacon results in a calm and relaxed candidate. Yeah, very much, much so. And, and in the long run, it becomes a far uh, more enjoyable experience for the uh, candidate, of course. You know, uh, most worshipful brother, brother um, Mumbi, who live, lives up, up around where I am here, uh, he at one time ran the uh, our, the our CMP uh, degree team. They've broke broken up now, but they were an absolute spectacle to uh, watch. Everything was so completely precise. Not a, a foot out, out 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 of place. Not a word uh, out out of place. It was absolutely a, a wonder to uh, watch. If I could give uh, my advice for any, any deacons watching this is as you're getting back into the swing of things is it's a little thing uh, and it, it's not original to me. Uh, I saw a deacon do this. I, can't, I was during a visitation but it always struck with me is uh, always, always, always maintain contact with the candidate. So, because there are, are times when, um, so when, when the candidate is moving, it's, you know, the deacon understands to, to guide the candidate, to hold the candidate. But there are times when a candidate will not be moving, but will be um, kneeling or steady or whatever it is. You know, if the candidate's kneeling, put a hand on his shoulder. If the candidate is um, stopped in front of an officer, um, again, put a hand on the shoulder um, or keep a hold of the hand. Uh, even when the candidate is interacting with the warden, you can still hold on to a shoulder. It's a little thing, but always maintain contact with, uh, with that applicant or with that candidate. Yeah, the sense of re reassurance that comes with that is, is uh, extremely important. How nervous were you um, or... or apprehensive or whatever the word is, as it related to your speech impediment in Freemasonry, either when you're going into the position of worshipful master or just joining the lodge up to, you know, your time as a director of ceremonies. Did you have any apprehension about that? Lots, <laughs> a lot, a great deal. And, uh, but, you know, I remember when I first joined, my uh, sponsors were, uh, extremely reassuring. Uh, one of the uh, my uh, sponsors was um, in the mil military as well. That's how I met him, and um, you know he you know he was uh, he he spent a great deal of time with me to uh, uh, coach me, if you will, on the things I ha had had to learn. He gave me a lot of. Uh, guidance, if you will, in that, you know, how you, uh, you know, he, he explained to me, break things up into segments, uh, uh, break a sentence into phrases, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of work your way through it, always breathe uh, correctly. 
You know, uh, certainly in my role, role as the grand uh, uh, director's ceremonies, whenever we were at uh, banquets and whatnot, it, it always fell to me to uh, do the introductions of uh, Grand Grand Lodge officers and their um, uh, escorts when they were there. So that was always a, a, cha a challenge with every, uh, every night I uh, went out, you know, and it, you know, you get you used to it to a certain uh, degree, but uh, every day is a work in uh, uh, pro progress when you're, uh, when, when, when you have a, a speech impediment for sure. Talk about breathing, because that is another one of those things that, um, it's funny, for me, it was my time um, in, in professional resting school that impressed upon me the importance of breath, but then I brought it to my Masonic lodges. You know, whenever we were in a drill, um, uh, I'm sure you can, probably have some similar experiences in the military you're you know you're at your whatever it is however many push-ups or dips or, or going off throws whatever it is you know you're you're at a point where you're tired and the coach would always yell uh breathe and sometimes uh if we weren't he would you know yell breathe on purpose but the you know the recognition that when the, the body or the mind or some combination is stressed, we really do have a tendency to stop breathing properly or stop breathing well. And it was, you know, after that, I went back to Lodge and then I noticed the, the times that nerves would, it would go into a candidate, nerves would go into somebody doing a, a, a part in a degree and you'd realize they're not breathing. Mm -hmm. I remember this... This one time, uh, this one guy nearly passed out because he was, it was his first time doing a, a charge and he was so nervous. He, he did this thing where he took a breath and he just started talking and you could see him harder and harder trying to, you know, get the words out until eventually he had to stop mid-word and do one of those, <laughs> take a huge breath in. Yep. And, and ever since then, I've always tried to impress, you know, uh, any, a piece of advice I'd give to anybody looking at ritual work and being nervous is just breathe. You have no idea how easy it is to stop breathing when you find yourself stressed. Oh, for sure. And uh, for some somebody with my uh, uh, affliction, it's um, a question of uh, trying to remain as relaxed as you can. Uh, as well, you... Uh, for me, uh, I have to, I feel, I have to uh, put people at ease with, with the fact I have a speech impediment. Uh, so, you know, I'll try to uh, kind of, whenever I stand up, up to speak, I'll often start the whole thing out with, with a joke, uh, particularly if the uh, audience does not know me if if I if I'm in a new lodge somewhere, you know I'll, I'll explain to them that that I suffer from a speech uh, in in 
ped, ped, pediment. Uh, and then my sort of my patent line is, uh, so if I, <clears throat> I warn them that if, if I start to repeat myself, I'm not uh, especially doing it to emphasize the uh, point. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'll ask you just to bear with me as, uh, as we move uh, through the, the, this and I'll try and try to get, get us uh, through this sometime prior to, uh, to uh, breakfast sort, sort of thing, you know? It's a great, it's a great technique. It's, um, you know, it's starting off with a joke. It's, it's always a good, whatever the, the reason for it, it's a good way to put people at ease, you know? Um, but I think, you know, the, the, the great thing about your story and, you know, you've, you've managed to accomplish so much within the craft and you've been you know, of such a credit to the craft, uh, you, you know, your presence in Windsor for the cornerstone ceremony, all your, your times at the, the different grandmasters ceremonies. You know, I actually had another military guy on, um, he, he from Nashville, but he talked about, you know, in the military, it's, you know, the importance of adapt, improvise and overcome. And, you know, me, uh, you know, missing my legs or yourself with the speech impediment and still finding ways to, you know, engage with the craft. It really is, you know, there's nothing that is in terms of, of physical or mental uh, disabilities, whatever it is, there's nothing that precludes you from being a mason it's just about finding ways to adapt and improvise um and overcome those challenges yes and and of course know, knowing that you you have a very very uh uh supportive team around you whenever you do you you're doing things you know uh, i always found that uh you know that there'll always be some guys who are uh sort of in in any room that uh, is wait, waiting to see you fail. But you know, the vast majority of guys are, are there absolutely uh, with the uh, objective to seeing you uh, get through through it in a, a successful fashion. You know? Yeah, and those, you know, those, those people don't matter, right? The, like you said, the vast majority of, of anybody in any in any group, well, they, they either don't care about you at all and have no opinion about you, or they want you to succeed, right? The number of people who actually have you know negative desires is very much smaller than I think sometimes people realize. That might just have to do with the internet too nowadays, right? Negative comments and negative whatever it is tend to get far more views and, and far more traction than, than a more positive message sometimes. Absolutely. So it's, you know, I, I think uh, with my, uh, you know, I'm, with my uh, background in both the uh, military, uh, the way I or, or organize things, uh, the way I, I take care of uh, uh, arrangements, if you will, uh, plus my experiences as I've come through, through the craft, be it, um, you know, uh, in the lodge, in the district, or at Grand Lodge itself, I I, I feel I've seen the craft at least in our uh, jurisdiction 
you know, you know from those three le levels. And uh, I'm not saying I have uh, all the answers. I certainly don't. Uh, but I think I, I have um, quite a, um, a good overview, if you will, what, what I like to call a, a uh, strategic view of um, the uh, I I issues that we face across the uh, jurisdiction. Because the, the the problems you face in Win Windsor, or or I face here in uh, Eastern Ontario, uh, could well be quite uh, different different from what the uh, brethren face in uh, Algoma. You know, uh, up there it's. Uh, 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 quite, 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 quite a different challenge in terms of uh, weather, geography, time and space, that sort of thing. To what extent do you think the problems, or, or how do I put this? Or challenges. Or challenges, or, or do you think that, so moving forward, um, do you think that kind of uh, uh, COVID and, and the current pandemic have created or exacerbated problems in the craft that will continue past the pandemic? Or do you think, because there, there is obviously, you know, issues and concerns around things like declining membership before COVID-19. And, and there's, there's plenty of concerns uh, pre-2020 um, that the Grand Lodge was looking at and dealing with, and that most worship brother Paul Todd discussed uh, in numerous receptions, and I thought he had a lot of valuable insights. Um, and then, you know, COVID comes along, and obviously that creates a whole new set of challenges. Um, but I guess my question is, to what extent um, do you think we're going to have to deal with the ghost of the pandemic in the years future? Or do you think that those will go away and we'll be just back to the original problems? Or do you think COVID exacerbated those initial concerns? Well, I think the concerns uh, were there, uh, but the pandemic only served to uh, uh, put them into sharper focus, if, if, if you will. Uh, certainly, the the declining uh, mem membership, uh, the uh, uh, challenge of um, travel, all that that sort of thing. Uh, for now, uh, the pandemic as well, uh, you know, uh, 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 sort sort of uh, brought 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 on the uh, problems that I uh, talked about earlier the sense of uh, um, older members or even somebody of your age or my age uh, feeling un, un, unattached and perhaps adrift. But the other thing I found with this whole thing is it really uh, has proved how uh, uh, adaptable we can be. You know, I, I uh, have been saying that for a while now. You know, uh, 
everybody has has obviously uh, come to uh, uh, to it to to accept and embrace to a certain extent the idea of uh, doing work on a, a platform like we're on now. And uh, that has really shown uh, to me how uh, resilient the craft can be, you know, uh, the, uh, in, term, in terms of get, get, getting things done. Uh, in terms of a hold over, over from the, uh, the times we're going through now, I think the use of uh, Zoom will be uh, an, an ongoing thing. We, we won't you, you, you use it for as many things because, of course, you can't do ritual across Zoom. And there are things that, where you have to actually be in a room as a group. However, you know, for um, things like a uh, gen, gen, general pur purposes uh, meeting, uh, there's no real reason why you have to uh, meet, meet at the lodge uh, building to do that. In, in fact, I, I would say the uh, attendance of a GP uh, me meeting would uh, in increase, uh, you know, uh, twofold by doing it on Zoom. So it, it offers a lot of uh, uh, chances from an administrative standpoint to get more uh, engagement, if you will. What do you think Freemasonry um, has to offer communities, um, uh, cities, wherever it is, wherever it is a Masonic Lodge or temple is located? Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about what it can offer its members uh, and its membership, which I think is, is there's a lot that it offers, but. Uh, I've also been trying to emphasize and focus on what a, a Masonic Temple and Lodge offers to the community in which it's located. Mm -hmm. um, even touching a little bit on before, you know, that, that sense of stability, the idea that, especially at the start when, when people were very concerned about employment, um, you know, jobs were, were unsure as businesses were being uh, closed for, for COVID, people's health, you know, was, they're unsure about that. Uh, you know, Freemasonry and a Masonic Lodge can provide a sense of stability um, and, and tradition and, and civility and all that type of stuff. So, you know, Grand Lodge and lodges, what do they have to offer the, the communities in Ontario? Well, <clears throat> of course, un understand stand standing that we're, we're, we're not, uh, you know, we, we always emphasize we're not a service club, but it, it does offer... Uh, a focal point, particularly in smaller uh, commun commun communities, from a, a, a social and um, well, from a, a social standpoint, be beating good good times or bad times. When I was growing up, uh, the small town where I I, I live, uh, the uh, um, the uh, uh, Dances that were or, 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 or organized by the uh, lodge were really looked forward to by the uh, community uh, uh, as a whole. 
I, I remember my mother uh, talking about the lodge in the community where she was during World War II. And it was, uh, you know, every, everybody uh, uh, sort of was really keen in those kind very dark times, uh, looking forward to the, uh, the sense of uh, belonging uh that uh the law the law lodge and its members brought to the uh community as a whole whether you were uh, a member of the lodge or not so from that standpoint i think you know lodges do uh and the members uh you know become part of the fa the fabric of any uh uh community and uh, it can carry a very large influence uh, even on a low-key uh, setting if you will. I concur completely. I, that's something I've tried to emphasize with this podcast with my videos about the Masonic Temple in Windsor celebrating 100 years right it's a Masonic home, but it's a community home as well. And it's a place of community memories. Um, and it, it represents something to a lot of people. You know, at first glance, you'd say it represents something to them completely outside of, of the craft because it represents their, their high school dance or their graduation or getting, you know, as we are in a pandemic, you know, it represents them getting their polio vaccine or their flu shot. We've had many... Yeah. Um, vaccination clinics here and some would say well that's a separate thing from masonry but i don't consider it separate i think it adds to the fabric of the craft that our masonic temples and lodges are such a part of people's lives in so many different ways sure i mean you know uh, add add to that things like uh, uh, you know a bursary being handed out uh you know it's it, it's all a part of uh applying our both our skills and our re resources to make our uh, community commu community a more uh, in, in enjoyable place, a better life for everyone. And everyone, right? That is that is a key word yeah. um, when you're talking about yeah no the 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 idea that Freemasonry is only for for men um that's something i've also you know pushed back on freemasonry is a fraternity but you know my mother had, for example had plenty of involvement over the years with the freemasons at numerous events um you know our learning center at the masonic temple is, is uh, the the chief executive is christine stanley the ballroom manager um is joyce like you know, women, uh, Freemasonry helps everybody, men and women, and it, it contributes to everyone's uh, betterment. Oh, for sure. And, you know, you, you think about, you know, an, an, an event like uh, uh, I, I and the Grand Ma Master came down for, you know, the laying of the corn, corn cornerstone for the new city hall in uh, Windsor. Uh, that that was uh, to me at least a big uh, public uh, uh, show of of uh, uh, how we 
contribute to the uh, fa the fabric of that uh, commu community and indeed the uh, the re the region and the pro the province as a whole. Events of that type. I concur, and I would strongly encourage any any Masons watching this to. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a little bit of work. It's not crazy amount of work and the, the benefits you get from a cornerstone ceremony or, or whatever the event is, um, it's well worth it to look into those things. And even, you know, in a smaller town, maybe it doesn't have a city hall, but it, you know, there's always a building or there's always something happening that it may be worthwhile to see how Masons can contribute to that event. Certainly, you know, I, I mean, I, I believe the, uh, the news clip from that event uh, in 2000, that was 2017, I yeah. believe. I, I believe that that's still on the Grand Lodge uh, uh, website now. I it was- be wrong, but- uh, I know it got, it got shared a fair bit, uh, it circulated around. It was, yeah, it was a terrific time. And like I said, it's, uh, for a little bit of effort, there's a, a, a lot of rewards. So it's well yeah. worth looking at. And, you know, now that we're, we're all kind of stuck in lockdown, it might be an even better time to start planning some of these things because eventually we'll get out of lockdown. And I've heard a lot of, well, this is a, a good question for you. I don't know if you put any thought into it. The, there's been a lot of talk um, that we, may be ready to experience economically another roaring 20s. Um, you know, the bringing it back to 1918 when the Spanish flu ended, coupled with World War I ending, um, you saw, you know, an economic boom period, the, the roaring 20s. Yeah. Um, and you also saw with that a really massive period of Masonic growth. Uh, yeah. So if you know, the pundits and the, the stuff I'm, I'm seeing is correct. And we do experience a, another economic boom in the 2020s. Do you expect or, or suspect we may see another period of, of Masonic growth in the coming I, years? I suspect we'll, we'll, we'll see a bump uh, for sure. In fact, uh, one, one of the things I'm doing now, uh, I'm uh, on uh, the Grand Lodge uh, uh, Committee website. Uh, the the committee for the website and um, what I do do on that is um, you may know that when uh, if if somebody uh, uh, who who is not a, a mason is exploring our website uh, they 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 can fill out a uh, pro forma con contact form. Uh, to seek more info. Well, those will flip to, to, to me. All, they all come to me. And I will uh, do an, uh, a first take screen of them to, uh, to, to ensure that it's uh, you know, a serious uh, inquiry. And once I've done that, and I I can tell that the uh, that the guy uh, you know is the uh, right age and uh, that sort of thing, 
uh, I will uh, uh, send that on to uh, to a DD of whatever area the uh, the inquirer is in, and uh, hand the file across to them uh, to uh, action, if you will. But all that I've got to say, uh, since the uh, uh, the pandemic has uh, begun, uh, I'm receiving on average two a day, two a day every day uh, of the year. So, and of course you have to spread those, those around the, uh, uh, you know, the province. And some I get, of course, are from outside our jurisdiction here, and I can't uh, really, we can't deal deal with them. So I'll hand them off to the uh, uh, Grand Lodge that's re responsible for where that that person per person may maintain the inquiry from. But uh, but again, you know, there's uh plen plen plenty of in of in, in interest out out there and that is only uh, the ones i see that come from from the grand lodge through the grand lodge website i mean there are more that where uh, uh guys are uh a, a pro a prone a prone approaching you and uh other others like 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 us in the normal fashion, if you will. And, and I think it comes back to the, um, to a certain degree to the, uh, uh, the, the fact we're all feeling walled away here and uh, we're looking for some type of um, community, if you will. I agree completely, I think. Um... That is a, a very uh, that that's going to that's a very accurate statement that people are searching for a community and for a sense of belonging, um, and Freemasonry is definitely something that can provide that. Uh, finishing up, um, this is something I've asked most candidates, and just for any Freemasons who are watching this, um, whether they're in Ontario and they have the opportunity to, to vote or whatever their Grand Lodge jurisdiction is, um, as somebody who has taken on, you know, such an active role in the craft, um, I guess, what would you say is the, why is it important and what is the value of being active in these things? Even for a new Mason, you know, the value of attending Grand Lodge and for a, a junior warden, the value of voting at Grand Lodge. Um, and, you know, the value of either standing for a position or even just taking the time to, you know, attend Meet the Candidate Nights and just the, the benefit to being active at the Grand Lodge level through either candidacy or voting or paying attention or attending um, for, for a Mason. Oh, well... <clears throat> It's uh, really tremendously important because we're uh, we're only as good as we uh, as a, as we 
make ourselves insofar as the org the organization goes. You know, so many times I've heard someone say, well, you know, Grand Lodge is imposing something upon, upon us. You know, well, the uh, constitution, as you know, is, is a living uh, document and uh, a change to it will only be passed on the, on, on the floor of Grand Lodge if, it's, if the amendment is voted for by the ones who are there. So uh, if you want to uh, influ influence the way uh, Grand Law Lodge is and the, uh, direc the direction uh, the uh, fratern fraternity is taking, uh, you have to become involved and you have to vote if, if you have the, uh, the, uh, uh, the rank to vote, if you will. Uh, I, I'm really quite intrigued and quite excited by the prospect of the fact that we're going to uh, vote uh, electronically for, for the first time. And when you think about that, uh, this will be the first time that uh, um, essentially any, anybody who has the, uh, the right to vote will be able to vote without going uh, down to, uh, the, uh, to sit in Grand Lodge itself. So I think uh, many, many, many of the things that um, you know, the reality of the fact that we had to go to a central place to vote in years past and the, uh, the resulting influence that, that that circumstance had is effectively uh, uh, re removed now because you could sit in your uh, underwear in front of your computer in Wawa and cast your vote uh, the, the same as everyone else now. So now, in, in fairness, uh, for all the listeners, you know, right, the, the Reverend Professor is not saying that you have to wear your underwear to vote. He's just saying no. that's an option. If you would yeah. like to do yeah. it that way, you can. And I think everyone should think about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I haven't wore pants in about a year and a half now. So <laughs> I'm quite strong with that. So it does, it does you know, make your meetings uh, more airy, at least, more you feel the breeze more. I suppose so. But, you, you know, uh, for over two years, the... Pre, the pre the pre previous grand ma ma master of course uh, uh, as you said earlier was moving around the province and uh, uh, give, 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 giving his uh, uh, opinion of a you know of vision of how th things could change and uh, the not the least of which was the 
concept of vo vo voting electron tron 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 tronically and uh and here we find ourselves in a case where we're actually going to uh, do it absolutely um and yeah there's, there's been that has been uh brought up in more than a few of these candidate interviews is the electronic voting and the um you know if there is a bright side to the terrible thing that is the pandemic, uh, at least in Freemasonry, it is, um, you know, pushing us into electronic voting and, and thereby providing a chance for Wawa, Kenora, um, all these jurisdictions that it's just, and it's, you know, the, the cost of getting from Kenora to Toronto, uh, is, is astronomical, right? It's it's airfare, it's time off of work, it's you know you can't just go do it for the day, or you can, but it's not easy. And so um, this does you know franchise a lot of, of votes that otherwise would not be cast. Exactly, exactly. So I think uh, everyone will be. Uh, I, I know I myself am curious to see about the, uh, just in terms of the number who cast their uh, vote, you know, compared to, uh, you know, the average number that we uh, got in the past num number of years in the, by uh, doing it manually in the uh, Royal York in Toronto. Absolutely, I am, I am too. Um... I think it's going to be very interesting to see and something I will for sure be talking about uh, on this podcast, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right, Worshipful Sir, uh, I think the first time I did meet you was 2017, but I know I had a chance to meet you or, or see you again uh, at several uh, Grandmaster receptions and, and events since then. Um, and I wish you the best luck in your candidacy. Uh, it was a pleasure when I first met you, and, and I really appreciated all that you did and the Grandmaster did, and the whole Cornerstone team to make that night special. And uh, thank you for being here on the podcast. Thank, thank you uh, very much for the uh, in, invite. And I'll just close by saying that I feel that uh, anyone who's, who put, put, puts her name uh, forward to uh, uh, run for office in Grand Lodge is uh, uh, deserve, deserving of uh, your con consideration. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, on that note, anybody who has put their name forward for Grand Lodge, if for whatever reason uh, I wasn't able to contact you, I know I sent a few emails out that were um, uh, got returned for whatever reason. Um, invitation is open. Get in touch with me because I, I would like to have every candidate uh, appear on this podcast. And with that, like, subscribe, comment. I always forget to say that on this podcast. And thank you, Right Worshipful Sir. Thank you very much.